Good afternoon, everybody. You are listening to the dramatic season finale of Take to Take here on Spirit Live Radio. As always, my name is Nick Robinson, joined alongside by Luke Burrows and Patrick Tallon. And gentlemen, the Stanley Cup playoffs are upon us. We are just over 24 hours away from the start of the 2019 NHL postseason. Exciting times, perhaps the most exciting of the year. Uh, It's what we all work to. It's what we all have our eyes on at the beginning of the year. Uh, none of the three of us in this room have our eyes on it because, yikes, uh, some unfortunate teams represented in this room this year. Nonetheless, we are excited to get started. So uh, before we dive into some playoff talk, we're going to start off with a little news table, uh, and I will throw that to Patrick. Yeah, so some coaching changes uh, have changed in the National Hockey League. Uh, Joel Quenneville has been hired by the Florida Panthers and um, Dale Talon, obviously, back in Chicago, having that relationship with him. I think that's obviously a big factor into why he was hired. Um, and there was some talk about whether or not that could influence Artemi Panarin and his draw after this season um, to go to Florida. Uh, Luke, we can touch on that after. Um, Buffalo fired Phil Housley, and they requested permission to speak with Todd McClellan. I'm not sure. Is there any update on if he was officially hired or no? No, uh, no official hiring, I don't <clears throat> think, quite yet. Um I think the Sabres probably might go through at least some sort of an interview process yeah. unless they really feel that strongly about hiring Todd McClellan, um, who was most recently the coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. And I I'm feel not like... sure why you would feel strongly about hiring Todd McClellan, but... Well, anyway. his rec- well it's an impro- Housley's record is... Well, he's only been coaching for two years, but 58 wins and 84 losses total, obviously, with a Buffalo team that was sort of getting to that point of being on the upswing this year but mcclellan has more experience uh with 434 wins and 282 losses still don't think you should hire him i think we tarnish todd mcclellan's reputation just a little bit um because because, no because of uh because the edmonton oilers we forget that he was once a pretty good respected coach of the uh, san jose sharks so um i i feel like just a lot of what happened, Edmonton was out of his control. I think a lot of the faults there fall on Peter Shirley, obviously. Um, so I, I don't think Todd McClellan's a bad gamble for Buffalo, but it is that. I, it is a gamble. So uh, it's interesting. There's, um, in addition to Buffalo, uh, I've got a list here. There's eight current head coaching vacancies. Well, I guess seven now. Uh, Florida was obviously filled by Joel Quenville. And left, there's Los Angeles, Anaheim, Ottawa, Philadelphia, St. Louis, Edmonton, and Buffalo. Uh, obviously, Philadelphia and St. Louis have a uh, an interim in those positions. Uh, Ottawa as well. Um, I don't think any... I think St. Louis more imminent with uh, Craig Berube. I'm not sure what the plan for the Flyers Senators is. They, it seems like they're both going to go through some sort of extensive process. Would you see Ottawa keeping Mark Crawford as the... Not the interim, but like he's interim now, but going forward, keeping him as the head coach. I know you don't want that. I wouldn't want that if I were, if I was a Sense fan. But yeah, I, I can absolutely see them keeping him. Um, I don't agree with it, like at all. I think it's just time for a brand new philosophy. I don't think Mark Crawford is the person to lead what's going to be a very young team next year into, uh, as Eugene Melnick calls it, uh, the incoming years of unprecedented success. 
Um, I don't think that's Mark Crawford. Uh, I think we need somebody who's not part of the sort of old boys club of the NHL, and I think it would be beneficial to hire somebody a bit younger, a bit, uh, I want to say less experienced. I want to say somebody who has brings new, fresh perspective to the NHL coaching game because um, for the longest time now, the NHL coaching game's been a carousel. Somebody gets fired with one team, gets rehired with another team, and they sort of recycle the same ideas the NHL rewards failure, I think, more than any other professional sports yes. league. So uh, I would like to see Ottawa perhaps make a sort of different hire. Um, I look towards somebody like Sheldon Keefe, a head coach of the Toronto Marlies. I think he recently signed an extension there. But I think uh, if an NHL job like the Senators were to come knocking, I don't know how you could pass that up if you're an yep. AHL coach. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be one of those things to follow for sure. I too am in this room. Um, I think uh, I, I don't really have much to say on the top of topic of coaches in <clears throat> specific to Florida. I think that um, if anything, uh, all signs point to uh, Breadman heading down south. I don't see why not. I think he uh, he enjoyed playing under Q, and I mean he's not staying in Columbus, so. I, I think you can throw in Bobrovsky for that matter as well. I think uh, I think both are a real possibility to land there this summer. Florida's got the cap space. They've got already a good team. Obviously, Alexander Barkov, uh, Jonathan Huberdeau with the like, quietest 90 points I've ever seen this year. I'm a little concerned Florida's turning <clears throat> into um, another Minnesota. I I mean, they're not there yet, but I could definitely see it happen in the near future. So. I don't think okay. so. I think, Never mind. I think they've Sorry, got was... <laughs> I think they've got enough young pieces there, Florida, like Alexander Barkov, John yeah, Vanuvo. They've had young pieces for Vincent a little while Trocek. now. No, but they're now there's a, there's a draw. They're still young, and there's a draw because of the coach. And I think there's almost not a guarantee, but there's a pretty the general consensus is that one of Panarin or Bobrovsky would go to Florida, and I feel like there's more of a draw to Florida than there would be to say Minnesota. Um, well, no. I... Yeah, I mean, but, I didn't mean Minnesota would pull them in. I'm saying Minnesota's style of yeah, no, it makes sense. I guess 17th overall for the last eight years. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, did we want to? Uh, is there any, anything other that we want to cover here in terms of news? In oh. terms of news, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah coaching I think, changes was. Did we want to talk about? Because I know last week, if we wanted to keep this brief, we talked about CWHL and how the NHL agreed. Uh, I believe it was for additional funding, but the amount they agreed to was not a lot of money at all. Yeah, that was pretty concerning. Hundred thousand. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So the That's NHL previously uh, worked in fifty thousand dollars to both the CWHL and the NWHL, and uh, now we're seeing that now that there's one league, they have just contributed the other fifty thousand. So to... the NHL didn't increase their funding. Their no, they didn't increase the funding. All. They just threw it on top of the other league. I mean, I guess you're technically doubling it for the NWHL, but to the NHL. Uh, $100,000, I think the reality there is it, it's not a lot of money. Uh, that That's what, it's like a seventh of the minimum player salary. That's not a lot of money at all. No, I think the NHL all. can afford to do a lot better. And I think it would be beneficial to them as a uh, as this big enterprise that they are to contribute more money. I think it yep. looks better publicly. <clears throat> I don't see why they wouldn't. They have the money. I'm calling them out. Everybody's calling them out. NHL, we need more funding for women's hockey. That's yep. it. Yep. Alrighty. Do we want to get into uh, the festivities tonight in approximately seven hours, 41 minutes, and 46 seconds? The NHL draft lottery will be hosted. Um, now, 
before we get into uh, our little simulation here, I just want to... We're going to put it on screen, the simulation. So for those of you uh, following us on Periscope over Twitter and uh, online through Spirit Live, we're going to have it on here for you. Luke, back to you. Quickly. Um, now, uh, Ottawa does have a first-round pick this year. They do indeed have a first-round pick coming from Columbus. You, you guys found that out 10 minutes ago. That's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Montreal, of course, has their uh, first-round pick uh, 15th. Yes. Um, no, obviously in reverse order, 15th, and then Vancouver sits at 9. I want to ask you guys briefly here, uh, what are you hoping your teams achieve complete in not just the first round, but um, during the draft this year? I mean, there's still a chance for Montreal to okay. get. For, hey, there is. <clears throat> Technically, um, it has never happened. I'm not even sure if a 15th has even gotten top three in recent memory. I can't remember. No. Um, <clears throat> but I'm hoping that they keep this pick. 15 um, really isn't that bad of a pick. There are some tremendous players that could go. Uh, Philip Broberg, Cole Cofield, Cam York, um, a bunch of players that Montreal could get. So I'm really not too worried about their position. Obviously, I would have rathered the one of either making the playoffs or being <clears throat> worse to end up getting a better pick. Montreal is in the worst literally yeah. the worst position yeah so but i mean i don't think uh i think this draft is it's not deep but there are, are certain uh variables depending on where you're going to pick and i feel like um there could be a, a quality player at 15 and we'll see how they draft but um they're very likely not going to move so yeah um i think for montreal just my perspective from the outside i think there is a need there for another top defensive prospect yeah. obviously we like to say here and I think it goes for anywhere you don't obviously you want to draft the best player available you don't want to draft for position but I think if there's a good defenseman on the board I think it's a very good call for Montreal yeah. but obviously at the same time you are hoping to move into the top three same goes for right across from me here the Vancouver Canucks I I mean you just mentioned it there you you are um, on the boat of drafting just best overall player I tend to agree but again i'm going to reiterate what i said last week i think i believe the top two um i mean the general consensus on the, on the top two players kako and hughes i think they're close enough that teams can uh, close enough in caliber that teams can draft for position and in the case of the vancouver canucks if i were jim benning and i had first overall pick i would draft kako Anyway, I think I think there is debate on that. I can see why that is appealing. You make a good point. Uh, if you, teams do believe that there is a big enough similarity between the two and that they're comparable in skill, that really that part is really up in the air. Um, but if teams do believe that, I can definitely see Capo Caco, uh, as some people are mentioning. Seems like he's more NHL ready. Seems like he'll slot in and be more dominant next year. But Jack Hughes could be that long term home run. So. It's really up in the air. We're not sure what teams are thinking, but it's <clears> going to be it's going to be pretty fascinating to see how it all plays out. Uh, Ottawa Senators have the highest draft lottery odds. However, they do not own the pick. Ha ha ha! We've Colorado laughed about it, it enough on the show. Call it. Who Colorado. has it? Co- the Avalanche. Yeah, Colorado. <laughs> yes, uh, Colorado Avalanche uh, currently <laughs> own Ottawa's first round pick. High chance it's first overall. I think Senators fans are watching tonight just to hope Colorado Colorado lose all three lotteries Home just for the, the sake. Avalanche. Yeah, just for the sake of the least embarrassment. I personally don't care. I'm. I think myself and most of the fan base at this point are pretty much over it because, I mean, we've gone through the motions enough as is. I'm pretty <laughs> over it. Uh, I'm pretty happy with how Brady Kachuk turned out in his first year. Obviously, that was the debate: Do you give up the pick last year or do you give it up this year? And 
they chose to select last year at fourth overall, Brady Kachuk. Um, I think if Brady Kachuk looks worse than he was this year, uh, obviously that looks like a poor decision, but I think right now it looks fine. I like Brady Kachuk. Guy's going to be a fan favorite for years. And we were talking about this the other day. If Ottawa, if that Ottawa slash Colorado pick uh, drops to fifth, per se. Fourth. It can only drop to fourth. Drops to fourth. um, That looks pretty good on... Uh, as an Ottawa perspective. Yeah, obviously, if you're Ottawa, knowing if you knew this was going to happen, you'd like the fourth overall pick or whatever. But say it does but drop to fourth. It won't. In terms of a selection last year versus this year, I think in terms of the prospects available last year versus this year, I think choosing Brady Kachuk at that juncture looks pretty good. But anyways, uh, I think we're Let's going do to do <clears throat> our own simulation. So how it's going to work, we are going to do this precisely once we're going to roll the numbers here on Tankathon. You're doing it, Patrick? Patrick's going to do it. I'm going to switch it over in a second. So how it's going to work, we're going to do it once, and then we're just going to discuss what potentially could happen if the lottery balls were to fall exactly the way. I'd say they're definitely not going to fall the way we draw here, but there's the potential there. So we're going to do it once, and Screenshot we're going to Screenshot that down. order, and let's just reference it to what happens <clears throat> Yeah, and tonight. we'll reference it tonight, and we'll talk about it in September if we're back on here. <laughs> If they want us back. If they want us back. All right. Let's take a look. Switching it over to Tankathon. Here we go. Okay. So we see here. Sorry. I'm sorry. Can I just, I just did it. And no, no, I know, I know, I know, I know know it's not. not And this is just my own personal, but. Okay, so Luke did it once yeah, in Vancouver Luke, 1. We, that the, doesn't count. Okay, I'm, I'm exiting the window. Patrick, Patrick, Patrick the go show for right it. Now. People can't so see your screen. so We see here the obvious top three here are Ottawa, Los Angeles, New Jersey. That's the way it would be if the league worked like it used to. We're going to roll the lottery here. Yeah, Patrick, go, for it, man. go ahead. Okay, that's... Wow. Okay, so we saw All right, Philadelphia climb 9, Edmonton climb 5, Arizona climbed 11th. That's a huge jump, yeah. <clears throat> so that's pretty interesting. So in this case, uh, Patrick, you are GM Chuck Fletcher. Who are you selecting first overall now? <laughs> Make a pick. First, oh, first overall, uh, Kako, easily. Kako is better right now. There it um, is. Then, yeah. All right, so Edmonton. Wait, so you, you agree with me then? I, that, that was always – I thought it was an agreement that Kako was better right now, but down the road, Hughes would be better. Okay. I don't think it, I don't think there's that much. I don't think it's like last year when Dolan was guaranteed consensus as number one, and then there was the drop off of Svechnikov and the rest. I feel like this year it's a little bit more interchangeable. But right now, I think in terms of overall skill, I think uh, if we, you look here on the Kako screen, uh, the only team that did not move at all was Montreal. <laughs> I mean, they didn't move down. I, they can't move down, but uh, they, they did Why not move. I thought up. that was like the set thing. Wouldn't we all agree that Kako is better right now? To yeah, but if, there's de- there's debate over that though. If we want to talk prospects here, if you think um, that's no, not a knock on any, Hughes or any no, other no, 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 player, any team the- though. If if any of those fifteen teams won the draft lottery, would you pick Kako with every single one? Are you I, saying? I think for Philadelphia's case, Capo Kako makes sense. They're yeah. they're pretty close to if they have another if they have a goaltender. That Philadelphia is a very good team, so I think you can make the argument for Kako. I'd pick Hughes personally, but. Uh, would you now? Would you pick Hughes if for, any, for regardless any of those fifteen teams? I'd lean. If I was Montreal, I, I'd pick Kako I, so I've Hughes. been on the Capo Caco bandwagon since last year, but <clears throat> I think the fact that Hughes' centerman is a bit younger, and I think he just has a higher ceiling overall. I'd probably take Hughes uh, 
if I was any of the 15 teams here. But I think Edmonton, if I'm uh, GM Keith Gretzky or whoever's coming in, I think if I'm walking away with uh, Jack Hughes at the end of this, I'm pretty satisfied. And then uh, it's a pretty big crapshoot in between 3 and 10, but I think Florida's okay moving up there from 14th to 3rd. Look who jumped into or fell to 4th. There you go, Nick. That's yeah. what you want Okay, to see. you see, that's what we like to see. That's what we like to see here. All right, well, that was pretty good. Uh, if we have time, we could run this once before the end of the show. We'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> we'll but go back to... I think we're pretty... Uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see how the balls fall. We don't know. We should do it one more time. Before we should. We'll, we'll try, we'll try we'll and fit it, it in more. one more, but we'll I like do that. do it until I like certain that teams win. <laughs> All right. Luke wants Vancouver to win. All right. Uh, we're now going to transition over to what we mentioned right off the top of the show. Tomorrow is the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the most wonderful time of the year if you're a hockey fan. A lot of good series this year. Really intriguing, really wide open. Um, I, it's going to be quite fascinating to watch. There's several different stories heading into the playoffs. So what we're going to do here is a little breakdown of each series, and we're going to each predict the winner, how many games, and we're going to discuss a couple of X factors for each series. So, Luke, uh, I'll throw it over to you first, and we're going to start with uh, the Calgary Flames, the number one seed in the West, versus the Colorado Avalanche, who just squeaked in towards the end after a very, very good last 10 games. And how are you feeling about this series? Um, Now, I have Calgary in five, but I think... uh by no means is it going to be now I'm going to reference back a few weeks here an easy five um Colorado isn't gonna isn't gonna go down easily and I my x factor here I think uh, a fairly obvious one is how Ranton is going to perform returning from um some time off I think uh the that top line McKinnon Landeskog as well as Ranton they are they not will or not going to um they could cause some trouble for the Flames, uh, all mostly depending on how Rantanen performs, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think that line is going to um, is going to cause some difficulty. But regardless, I I don't think uh, it's going to go much much farther. I, I have Calgary. It feels like forever ago. Miko Rantanen was the uh, top scorer in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, that was the biggest story. Uh, I think Colorado is probably one of the only teams there that can gun. Uh, with Calgary in terms of a strong top line like that, obviously the Landis Cog, McKinnon, Ranton line, it got split up towards the end of the season, but when they are together, they've proven to be quite a force. And I think they should be kept together. I don't think there's, yeah, I think especially I, in Colorado's position, they need to be kept together. I agree because when you're coming up the line of, uh, up against the line of Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monahan, and Mikhail Back, or sorry, Elias Lindholm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, got my Swedes confused. Um, I think. You, I think the best option is to go head to head and try and outgun them like that, and try and match them yeah, up. Against Colorado each other. doesn't have the assets to split up a line like that. They no. They, yeah, so I, mean, I don't think they're going to win anyways. But my pick for that series is Calgary in five as well. Patrick, I <clears throat> excuse me, I have where is it? I can't find it, guys. I can't find it. Oh, I have Calgary in six. I feel like uh, Colorado will win. Okay, so we're all, all yeah. unanimous here with regards to Calgary. So. Uh, you mentioned your X factor is Miko Ranton. I say mine in that series. Obviously, I think for any team in the playoffs, we're gonna it's gonna come up a lot here is goaltending. Yeah. Calgary's goaltending has proven to be a little uncertain at times, but uh, I guess other than that, for me, it's can the Avalanche stay hot? They're coming into the playoffs on a last ten run of eight two and zero. 
They've been very, very good down the stretch. Reminder, this was a team that looked down and out heading into the home stretch of the season, but they battled back and won a bunch of crucial games. So they're coming in on a nice streak, and we've seen it before. If a hot team coming into the playoffs can stay hot, they can make a pretty damn good run. So we'll see what happens there. I had the same with their top line, making sure they can continue to produce. The other thing I had was Mark Giordano, which I didn't know. He's only played a total of eight career playoff games, um, on according to Hockey DB. Really? That was... Two in 2005, seven in 2006. Uh, That's already nine. nine. Okay, nine. Sorry. <laughs> nine total. There we go. Yeah, nine total games played. Sorry. And They've made the playoffs pretty recently. Was he injured? He. They beat Vancouver in 2015. Was he not in that series? Uh, I don't remember that series. Hockey DB says eight. All right. Anyway. We'll have um, to fact anyway, check that. Hockey but. DB says eight, but I, um, I think if he can continue his hot uh, streak having one of the better seasons of his career. Um, I think one of the better. It's the best. Yeah. Then he will. He's my pick. Yeah. Let me just correct that. Uh, four games in 2007. Four games in 2017. For games play totals, hockey DB says nine. I'm not disagreeing, but I'm just reading what it says. All right. Okay. All right. So on to perhaps one of the more intriguing series of the entire Stanley Cup playoffs. It's the San Jose Sharks versus the last year's Cinderella story, the Vegas Golden Knights. This one is looking like it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Obviously, both teams finishing behind Calgary in what was a top-heavy, strong Pacific division this year. Both teams sort of coming to the playoffs. Vegas playing really good after the acquisition of Mark Stone at the trade deadline. And San Jose sort of faltering a bit into the playoffs uh, with everything in here in Toronto, all the talk about their struggles down the uh, down the stretch. We sort of don't hear about San Jose's struggles, but they have not played well either coming into the playoffs. So this is a really, really intriguing one to follow. I personally still have the San Jose Sharks in seven games. Luke, how about you? I have Vegas in five. Wow, okay. I think I said that last week as well when we were talking about uh, that series. Yeah. But yeah, Vegas in five. Um, and this one may be the biggest of X factors. Uh, I have Flurry. I He always performs yeah. in the playoffs. He's a quality goaltender. Uh, San Jose's good. Vegas, I don't know. Maybe this will be one of the series where the less deserving team goes through. But uh, no, I have Vegas. Um, yeah, Vegas in... I've written five, but it could very well go to... Seven. All right, and over to you, Patrick. I, too, have Vegas in five. Again, this one will come down to goaltending. It's hard to bet against Marc-Andre Fleury. Also, Martin Jones has not been good at all. Um, he has 2.94 goals against average and a save. Uh, yeah, so he has not been too good, and I think Marc-Andre Fleury will always take the edge. Uh, like you, Luke, I wrote five. It could go to six, but um, the firepower that Vegas has up front, Pacioretty, Stone, Carlson, uh, talk in abundance of offensive players, a good goalie, a great coach. It's hard to bet against against Vegas. Yeah, and obviously uh, both teams have pretty good depth scoring. I think San Jose did well to add at the deadline. Goose Nyquist was yeah. a pretty good acquisition for them. He's slotting in nicely on that team. So both teams pretty have pretty good depth. So I think whoever's depth scoring comes through and... My other X factor, don't yell at me, he's coming back. He came back, played in the last game of the regular season, is Eric Carlson, because we're going to see the Sharks really struggled without him down the stretch. So we're And when Eric Carlson was on, sort of in that stretch between late November into mid-January before he got hurt again, he was playing 
some of the best hockey we've seen him play in the regular season in years um, since probably his Norris Trophy winning season back in uh, 2014-15, some of the best hockey he's ever played. So he is a definite X factor for me, and we saw him in the playoffs a couple years ago with Ottawa. Um, I think he was unquestionably the best player in the playoffs that year. So if he can rediscover that form, we saw how far he took a bad Ottawa team. How far can he take a pretty good San Jose team? Pretty good. I San Jose's okay. Fair enough. What? what I'd, say, I'd, put, I'd say San Jose's better than pretty good, but okay. Yeah. Sorry. I did. Uh, I. I'm sorry. We we're sort of like debating back here. I said pretty okay. good because I wasn't sure how you guys felt about. It. I think they're great. I think San Jose is a great hockey team. But yeah. All right. Now over to. One of the more intriguing ones is uh, the Nashville Predators and the Dallas Stars. Luke, over to you. Oh, oh Patrick, over to you. Okay. <laughs> I have I have Nashville in five. Um, Dallas's offense sort of uh, – also, Dallas fired their um, analytics guy. Are we going to talk about that? That was Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota fired their next guy. Okay, never mind. Unrelated. But back to, unrelated, back to this. I have uh, Nashville in five. Um I there was a period in time in December when in a span of like 15 games uh, Dallas had this offensive dry spell of like 12 goals and I feel like if their offense dries up that's all they really have obviously Miro Heiskin on defense has been playing well but I feel like top John top, Klingberg Klingberg but top top and top to bottom I, I feel like there's more depth um, in uh, in Nashville and I, I like Peter Laviolette as a coach so yeah I have Nashville in five I have Nashville in six, um, and coincidentally, uh, I also have Dallas's offense as the X factor. I think if uh, Sagan, Radulov, and Ben can, uh, you know, perform put the, put as the they puck in the net. put the puck in the net, get pucks deep. No, if they can perform as they should, um, I think I, I think that series could very well go the other way. But as of now, Nashville in six. Uh, coincidentally, I. Uh I actually have, contrary to what Patrick was saying, uh, I believe the defense is absolutely the strength of the Dallas Stars. We talk about the much maligned top four of the Nashville Predators, but Dallas has performed very admirably defensively this season, whereas Nashville has uh, done great with their depth scoring. So my X factor in this series is, can the Dallas Stars frustrate the Nashville Predators? They're coming into this series um, with arguably the best goalie in the playoffs right now, Ben Bishop, who has had a Vezina-worthy season, absolutely. Can he perhaps make this series interesting? I still have the Nashville Predators in five games. Uh, I'm very skeptical of the Dallas Stars offense outside of the aforementioned Radulov, Ben, and Sagan. So we'll see what happens there, but I still do think Nashville should handily win this series. Any other comments on that, or do we want to move on? No. Nope. All Winnipeg right. Winnipeg in seven. Winnipeg in seven. All right. And it's coming down to Ooh. how St. Louis handles their goaltending. Right, Sorry. So, Wait, the kind, so that was my we're gonna, we're, If you didn't catch that, we're going to be talking now about the Winnipeg Jets versus the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> Thanks, Luke, for jumping the gun. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is going to be another interesting series. St. Louis, obviously, uh, was in the bottom of the league in about January. Whereas Winnipeg has sort of been one of the perennial uh, sexy favorites for the cup all year. I'm sorry, that, so that was like the best way. That, that was like the best way I could describe it. Like they're not like the total favorite, but like no, I got it. I got they're it. sort of the sexy pick. They're all right. Enough of that. Sure. Great. I, I won't say that anymore. But <laughs> yeah, 
it's going to be another intriguing one. Obviously, St. Louis coming in, playing much better than Winnipeg. Winnipeg's been banged up down the stretch, so we haven't really seen them healthy since the early stage of this season, and they were pretty good. I have... Uh, Patrick? I have St. Louis in seven. I think this one will be close, but I feel like in the end, St. Louis uh, will take it. I feel like, again, Luke, you mentioned goaltending. Allen had a... I think that they split starts between Allen and Bennington throughout the year. Nah. Because Allen, it was, Allen it was, was the goalie to start the year yeah, I that, think, until they were the bottom when they had uh, they traded away Chad Johnson and recalled okay. Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bennington has since seized the starter's yeah, position yeah, and will be their starter heading into the playoffs. Yeah, starts, so but. so Bin- yeah, not like yeah, not planned, but because um, Bennington has a nine twenty seven save percentage, wasn't bad when Allen had yeah, a not bad two point six uh, goals against and a one point two seven save percentage. So I, it will come down to goaltending, but um, I like the offensive power on St. Louis and Winnipeg. But I feel like um, I feel like not enough people have talked about St. Louis this season. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly has seventy seven points. Vladimir Tarasenko um, has been scoring a lot. Once again, um, but I think this will be one of the more fun series and one of the more questionable ones compared to the other one where there seems to be a general consensus of who will take it. So, um, yeah, my X factor is goaltending. Is it fair to say that this is going to be the closest series? I, I think San Jose Vegas is going to be so, close, yeah. but I think in, in the, terms in the, of the well, actual games, I think this might be the closest Boston, series. Boston, Toronto. Are, are you talking just West? I, I'm talking in all the playoffs. Yeah, I'd say you can so. make the case yeah. for a Boston Toronto, yeah, but I I picked two two series to go to seven. This is one of them. Okay, yeah. uh, my pick for this series was the St. Louis Blues in six games. Uh, I have my X factors as it's the St. Lu- very much the St. Louis defense and goaltending versus the Winnipeg offense. While Winnipeg probably does, you can make the argument have the more surefire bet in net in Connor Hellebuck, more proven. We haven't seen Jordan Bennington in playoff action yet. While you can make that argument, I think. Pareko, Petrangelo, very much favors the St. Louis Blues. Uh, the Winnipeg defense has been banged up for a long time. Josh Morrissey and Dustin Bufflin haven't been able to stay healthy this year. If they can come back and be healthy, then it sort of evens out that battle. But we haven't seen how banged up they are and to what extent they'll be a factor in this series. Um, so those are pretty much my two X factors, Luke. Anything to add? No, I mean, yeah, I... I uh, jumped in early, Winnipeg in seven, and it's going to come down to goaltending, not necessarily Bennington, just how St. Louis handles that, because I have a feeling if uh, Bennington has a rough one, two games, um, there might be some panic there, and they might uh, unnecessarily... I, th- I think we saw a similar thing with uh, the Ottawa Senators in 2014-15 when they came in with Andrew Hammond into the playoffs. Obviously, he was the hottest goalie in the league at that point, but he came in and sort of faltered, I think. We could well, see. yeah, I, th- I think if Bennington has if Bennington blows out game one and has a terrible game one, I just I don't think St. Louis should panic and revert back to their. Sorry, a uh, just distracting red light just came into the uh, room here. But anyways, <laughs> not sure what that was. There's a red on air light on here that we've uh, we've never had on before. No, I think we're on air. I think we've been on air. We are the past seven. If weeks. not, welcome to take to take everyone. Yeah. <laughs> the live stream suggests we've been on air. So <laughs> yeah, the live stream and the uh, the backed up episodes online sort of suggest, and yeah. I think we do have some listeners. Hello to our listeners. <laughs> All right. We're going to cross the pod now to the Eastern Conference, the much heavily favored Tampa Bay Lightning coming up against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Tampa Bay, obviously, you can't say enough about them. The best season in Sally Cap era history, one of the best of all time, led by Nikita Kucherov, who just had the best season for a player in the Sally Cap era. 
there's so much you can say about the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I think you can just as much say enough interesting things about the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets and all the moves they made at the deadline. This is going to be a really interesting one, uh, but why? how can you not take Tampa Bay? Right, Luke? I feel like this one's not Patrick? interesting. With all I think... I, no, it's interesting. The like, chance... Nah. I, it most likely won't be. If it does get interesting, then it'll be very, very interesting because that means Columbus is actually. It's not interesting. I'm just but saying. If it does get it interesting, be, like, it's, there's, it'll a, be there's, very there's interesting. a 90% chance it's very boring and Tampa <laughs> wins in four or five. Yeah. If not, it will be one of, if not the most intriguing matchups of the first round because that means Columbus is actually making, uh, making a case for themselves. Regardless, I have Tampa in five. I have Tampa in four. <laughs> I, I have Tampa. I would five like to put well. four, but I don't like predicting sweeps because the they're very risky. So X I have five. factor, which we talked about, could be Bobrovsky if he can perhaps steal a game. But also, when we say that, let's not undermine uh, steal a game. But also, let's not undermine that Columbus does have solid offensive and defensive players. But just when it comes down to it, depth top to bottom, you can't really bet against Tampa. But if it was five, that'd be fine. But the question for Columbus, not that we're going to get into this now, is what happens after with their pending free agents. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating offseason for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, speaking of those free agents, my uh, X factor for this series is can those free agents and this team finally gel together? Because I think you can definitely make the argument that Columbus on paper has one of the much more talented squads in the NHL right now after the acquisitions of Ryan Dezingle and Matt Duchesne from the Ottawa Senators. Can they finally gel together and do what this team looks like it can do because if they can i don't see why they can't make this series interesting columbus still has never won a playoff series in their franchise history but for me it's just tampa bay is too good i can't see them losing in the first round well uh, what i think is uh, a little troublesome for columbus in this situation i feel unless they beat tampa bay somehow in the first round I would not consider this Columbus season a success. I would consider it more of a failure. Um, I think because of all, all the moves they made, they're in a very sticky situation coming out of the season. So unless, um, unless Columbus can, again, get lucky and get into the second round, I think um, there's going to be some issues coming out of, uh, coming out of that city this summer. Uh, we want to move on to... Yes. Uh, all right. Here we go. Time for the bloodbath. Time for our listeners to rip on us. <clears throat> We're going to talk about the Boston Bruins versus the Toronto Maple Leafs for the second year straight. Uh, I think we all knew this one was coming. I think at the beginning of the year, like everybody knew this series was yeah. going to happen. Patrick, who do you have? Boston and seven. I don't think that's a bad pick at all. Luke? Boston and six. I also have... Boston in six. All um, right, easy enough. I don't think X factor. I don't think it comes down to myself underestimating, uh, underestimating the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think they've shown what they can do when they get it right. But some of those nights where they've absolutely gelled and rolled over teams have come so far and few in between. Um, if they can get it together, I can see Toronto going on a run and taking out Boston and making an interesting series with Tampa Bay if Toronto can get it together. But there's still so many question marks for me around that defensive group. And the goaltending as well. And the goaltending. If Frederick Anderson plays like he did in March, they're done. I think that like they're done. Yep. 
Now, Tuka Rask did not play very well in March either. He had actually pretty under the radar, pretty comparable month to Frederick Anderson. He was not good. But David uh, Pasternak, Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron have proven that they are the best line in the league over and over again. If Toronto can contain them, which is my X factor, I think Toronto can win this series. But I can't see them. It's a tough task. It is a hell of a task. Uh, yeah, X factors for you guys. Yeah, my X factors were both goaltending uh, and defense, especially for Toronto, um, and containing Pasternak as he has just <laughs> torched them every time um, they've played. I That's about it. mine's Toronto's defense. I don't, and I, no. I, I mean that is the X factor, but I don't think they're going to be able to, like you guys have said, they're not going to be able to contain uh, Boston in any, you know, uh, manner that would get them even close to getting into the second round. Um, I, I don't know. I I, I want to say Toronto isn't ready. That would imply that they're uh, they're going to get there shortly. I would hope so. But mm-hmm. uh, this year, much like the last few years, they're not going to beat Boston. It's yep. going to be fascinating to watch all this. Uh, the especially. reactions are going to be fascinating to watch as well. Yeah, especially for all of us here in Toronto. Um, I, I don't think any of us in this room are necessarily train for toronto uh no well i don't know i, I can't i like cheer either. for canadian teams I, I guess you're i guess patrick uh, i'm kind of stuck i guess patrick's the most stuck one here as in i mean as a Bru- See, as, that's a, a, as thing. a montreal fan you gotta hate the bruins and the leaves yeah but yeah i don't know i can't pick but whatever i don't necessarily this is a topic for another show the whole cheer for a canadian team if your canadian team is out. I, i've never believed in that no i, I don't at all either i think that's oh, i just i i feel um, like growing up for me, I always thought, okay, I'm going to cheer for a Canadian team. I jumped from Ottawa to Calgary to settled on Vancouver. I think, uh, it's been a while since the Canadian teams won a cup. If Vancouver's not in the playoffs, I will innocently and casually cheer for whatever team's remaining. I don't believe in that, but okay. Okay. cool. All right. So I think we all were pretty unanimous and we think that Boston is going to win, but I'm interested to see if the Leafs prove me wrong. I said Boston last year in seven, Boston won in seven. I'm saying Boston in sixth class this year. I've said it since the beginning. I think obviously the acquisition of John Tavares makes this a much different series than it was last year, as well as if Nazem Kadri doesn't get himself suspended for half the series. Obviously, Toronto was very good in the games that he was back last year. Toronto obviously has the offensive depth where the Bruins have the better defense. So we're going to see what happens. It's it's going to be that, that I'll probably watch a good deal of that series just because we're surrounded by it here. All right, on to the Washington Capitals versus everybody's favorite bunch of jerks, the Carolina Hurricanes. They made a really good run towards the end to get into here. Washington Capitals, tough task. They are the defending Stanley Cup champions. Luke, who do you have? Carolina in seven. I like that pick. Um, I do like that pick. Obviously, it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a stretch, but I think less so than many people assume at face value. Um, X Factor is a little uh, off the board. I have um, the Alex Ovechkin, if he if he very well can. Uh, he has the ability to control a series, and if he can, then I think Carolina is essentially a lost cause, but absolutely in no way should Carolina be written off like a lot of people sort of are at this point. Yeah, Carolina's got very good depth. They obviously, uh, from the analytics perspective, are one of the better picks for this series because their shot rates are so good and their depth has been very impressive all year. Their defense, very underrated in terms of when you talk about 
the best defense corpse in, corpses in the league. So it's going to be interesting to watch. I still do have the Washington Capitals in seven games. I think it's going to be a very close series. I think it is going to go seven. It's one of the only series I have going seven. But I think the uh, Washington Capitals, I think they're, I don't like to talk about experience, but again, Carolina never played the playoffs. Uh, also, Braden Holpe was fantastic last year. If he can be every bit as good as he was last year, then I think Washington has a good shot at winning this. I'm not sold on Peter Mrazek personally. I think he's a good goalie, but we're going to see what happens there. Patrick, who do you have? Yeah, I have the same. I have Washington in seven. I would say that the edge in terms of defense would go to Carolina. Um, I, As much as Washington's defense doesn't necessarily pop out, with the exception of John Carlson, who I don't think is that good defensively, um, despite being... Do you think a, he's good offensively? Well, yeah, obviously, but <laughs> I feel like... Yeah, it, it breaks anyway. my heart not to have Carolina here. It really breaks my heart, but... What are you, what are you doing? Like, I can finish? Anyway, not you. <laughs> Okay, sorry. I thought no, 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 not wow. Okay. Luke was <laughs> Luke's oh. making fun Finish of me. Thought, <laughs> no, Luke's making fun of me over there. Okay, wow. no. Um uh I feel like yeah, like what you said, Nick, um I would it's hard to bet against Holtby and I feel like this one could come down to goaltending as well, similar to what you said. Yeah, I think they, I just know it's gonna be fun if Carolina Storm surges in the playoffs. <laughs> I wanna see it. I thought uh, they said they weren't they doing that anymore. Oh, are they not during they the playoffs? Said- no, they said they wouldn't. Wow. Which is okay. Kind of okay. If they win the series, hopefully they do. But I still think Washington's going to win. Yep. Okay. And experience does. Uh, there, there has to be some emphasis some, on experience some right and there, yeah. defending Stanley Cup. We'll, we'll see how Sebastian Ajo does in his first time being matched up yep. for such a long period against a very good group of forwards that the Washington Capitals have. Okay. On to our final series. And again, perhaps one of the ones with a bigger question mark floating around it. It's the New York Islanders versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Nobody thought the Islanders were going to be here at the beginning of the year. Uh, I picked them to be dead last in the league. I thought they were going to be worse than the Ottawa was. But look here, look where they are. They have home ice advantage in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I have Pittsburgh winning the series in six games. Patrick? Yeah, I have Pittsburgh in six. Um, I'm not sure if Robin Leonard will be able to sustain what he's been doing uh but if he can then this could make it closer um and again this is sort of the generic cliche answer but it's really hard to bet against crosby yeah crosby um, and malkin proven time and time again yeah so yeah every, I have pittsburgh I, in six every time i bet against pittsburgh they seem to win the stanley cup like yep. those two years that they did yep. uh luke I find this matchup a little boring. I hate watching Pittsburgh in the playoffs. I have the <laughs> Islanders. I'm sick of it. I have the Islanders in five. Okay. Um, wow. wow. Now so that's, that's that's a that's little. The, that's the most. It's, it's outlandish. That's a little bit. A little high okay, Sorry, can I? That's a little bit out of spite, um, but a little bit because I think the New York Islanders have a good hockey team. Um, Great Matt, coach. Matt Murray hasn't been talked about that much this year. I think uh, he's. He's having a he's having a good season. Yeah, um, okay. If he can if he can uh, perform in the playoffs, if he can win some games for Pittsburgh, not like you know they're a team that needs much help there. But um, I mean, okay, now it kind of sounds like I'm uh, leaning towards Pittsburgh. But no, Islanders <laughs> in five. It's going to be a Islanders Canes second round. Uh, for me, the X factor in the series it's the Pittsburgh Penguins bad defense versus the New York Islanders bad offense. Which one's going to be worse? It's hard to say which one's going to be worse because they're both pretty bad. All right. 
so I think that pretty much covers it for cup the playoffs. Picks. Cup picks. Oh, cup right. Picks. Okay, cup so picks. The una- we'll do the unanimous Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay yeah, for The everyone. unanimous Tampa Bay, I think everybody sort of has Tampa Bay. I filled out three brackets, didn't have them winning any of them. Okay. The non-unanimous would be... Now, some people, for mine, some people wouldn't consider this a sleeper pick. Mine is Vegas. Um, I think... Hey, Nigel. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Uh, Gooby listening. I mean, I think I think yeah. Vegas is is a lot better than people... Um, than people like to say, even though I wouldn't say them, call them much of an underdog. Regardless, that doesn't make any sense. But I have Vegas uh, as a sleeper pick. I have the Calgary Flames. All right, but yeah. I guess that's not. That wouldn't be kind of similar to kind of similar. Kind of similar, but but if not Calgary, Washington. All right, I cool. Still wouldn't call that. It. I have. Uh, I've said it since September. I'm sticking to it. I say the San Jose Sharks. I think this is the year they finally, like Washington last year. I think this is the year they finally climb the hump and are able to do it. And Eric Carlson comes back to Ottawa in the offseason, and he is their captain. Eugene Mellick sells the team. No, that that's just a dream <laughs> I had, or a dream I have every day, but <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. Okay, uh, do we want to run the lottery simulator yeah, one more time? Yeah, let's do it one more time, one second. Just for the culture here. All right, so here's our last one. We had Philadelphia, Edmonton, Arizona winning the respective lotteries. For the final time, this is divisive. This is what's going to happen tonight, folks. Three, two, one. <laughs> Yeah, All right. So that one's more real, not more. Yeah, I guess more I, I say it's more realistic. Uh, with Los Angeles jumping one, one Detroit jumping two, Ottawa at three, which you don't want to see, Nick. No, I, I'd still like to see it because okay. at least they don't get Better one of two one, franchise yeah. players. Yeah, yeah, New Jersey at three, and then the rest is basically where it's supposed to set. Um, yeah, I think we got to watch the draft lottery tonight. I think we're all going to do that. Oh definitely. yeah, yeah, should be good. It's going to be a uh, it's a fascinating time of year and. Although it's heartbreaking for me to watch it, uh, I'll watch it for you too and hope uh, hope you guys pull it off at least oh, thanks, in my man. honor. Thank you. Good luck from myself. <laughs> All right. Well, we've only got a few minutes left in uh, closing stages of our show here, and uh, you know it's I think this is episode seven now, and yep. uh, you know personally I. Not to get touchy with you guys, but I, I've ha- I've had a lot of fun doing this. Yeah, this was. Um, I, I think uh, I think we've all learned a lot here. Being, I think we've all been very happy to be a part of Spirit Live. Such a great, uh, such a great thing to be a part of here at Ryerson. And for any Ryerson student, I completely recommend doing this. We've had an absolute blast preparing mm-hmm. for our shows here. Uh, if you guys have anything to say on that, yeah, the same. I feel like. Uh, it's it's actually a privilege to be able to work in these studios, these Absolutely. professional studios with this quality equipment. And um, like you said, it was, it's been fun for all of us. And I feel like for those who have listened, we do want to thank you. And for any input, advice, or whatever, you can find us on Twitter. I've tweeted out the live stream multiple times. Um, suggestions, comments, feedback. We um, I feel like over time we improved greatly and we natural chemistry developed and it, it was good to work um, together. I think where Enjoyed we are it. now versus where we were at the beginning of the show, I think we've immensely improved over oh, definitely. the past few weeks. Like, I think this is probably the most comfortable we've been in sort in terms of going between each of us and yeah. discussing these topics. And I've had a lot of fun doing it. Yep. I think you guys have too. I think I speak for all of us when I say we've had a great time doing it. And we hope and to be back. We well. hope to be back next year. And uh, hopefully we can try and figure out a way to get some sort of... Uh, off-season thing type yeah we do upload these episodes to youtube you can find that uh by searching up luke's channel luke burrows and take to take luke yeah. do you have any final comments for our listeners nothing really it's been a blast um i think there's also been some times where i have never felt 
more disdain for you two and your opinions, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless. I'm well, sure. that's why it's called Take to Take. We're going. <laughs> I'm sure um, we've all appreciated the opportunity, and you know, thanks to all of our listeners. And one last thing for those who aren't watching on my Twitter, on the Twitter sphere, and are listening uh, live on Spirit Live, uh, the website, our Twitter handles, mine is at PatrickTalent81 to give us a follow. We do tweet mostly about hockey entirely nick luke you yeah it will just just follow patrick you'll find yeah, you'll find we're us there. we're there he tweets out lots uh, of lots of friendly banter yeah patrick's uh, done a good job getting all this online luke did a good job getting us on the air here and uh i'm just glad i learned how to use the uh, board here to actually get us on the air because we struggled with that in our first week yep. but i think we've uh we've definitely come a long way all right well stanley cup playoffs start tomorrow draft lottery tonight we're all looking forward to it any last words guys Thanks for those who listened. It was fun, and hopefully we'll be back next year. Yeah. See you then. All right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. This has been Take to Take, end of our first year here at Ryerson, end of season one. We hope to be back on the air next year. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you on the flip side.